This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shirts for the Scene. Head over to thepopgoproject.com and you can purchase your favorite band t-shirt today. We are raising money for the local artist in Northeastern Pennsylvania whose income was drastically affected by COVID-19 in 2020. And although we're in a new year, bands will continue to struggle to perform like they once did. So grab a shirt, support a band. The proceeds of each sale go right to the bands whose shirt you are buying. Once again, head over to thepopgoproject.com and grab your shirt today. Shirts for the Scene is made possible by Axelrad Screen Printing. Visit them today at axelradarmy.com. My guest today is a published author of a book called Dig, A Personal Prehistoric Journey. The book was released in 2018 and the North Pocono Public Library We'll be hosting a free virtual discussion about it on Thursday, January 21st at 6 p.m. A Pittston native, he has dug for fossils in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Colorado. We discuss a little bit about those experiences, why dinosaurs are so fascinating to young children and even adults, dinosaur and nature experiences you can take advantage of in northeastern Pennsylvania, and more. We even touch a little bit about his time spent in a band, The Silent Treatment, who was very popular in the late 2000s. Welcome to the show, Sam Shirelli. And we're live. Welcome. Sam. So happy to be here. Thank you. Honored to honored to be a part of the show. Sam Shirelli. That's, Not Shirelli, like I almost called you. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, I mean, we're my family says Shirelli, but that's not the correct pronunciation in Sicilian for sure. Sam Shirelli. That's it. All right. Uh so you have a uh well, you have a book that's currently out, correct? That's that's right. All right. Awesome. And you're doing this cool events uh, on Thursday, January 21st at 6 p.m. with the North Pocono Public Library, uh, where they're going to talk about about the book, correct? Yes. So they're they're starting a series uh, at the library where they're going to talk to authors about different subjects. And I'm really excited to be uh, one of the first people asked to do this this event. So I believe we're going to be discussing how someone takes a passion of theirs and turns it into a book and how you go about that whole process. And I'm going to share some of my journey to writing the the book. Very cool. So I saw, the, I, I reached out to you because I saw um, something that the NEPA scene posted on their Facebook page. Uh, you know, Pittston author, this, this, this book called Dig. Um, a personal prehistoric journey. Uh, and I, it caught my eye because I have a three-year-old son who is obsessed with dinosaurs, right? And I launched this podcast and it's probably 80%. Oh, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. All right. my This mic keeps cutting out. Um, <laughs> You're all good. This is 80% music. I did it again. Unbelievable. 80% music, right? Um, but I kind of wanted to expand outside of that to give people like yourself an opportunity and myself the opportunity to talk to people like you, um, and have this as a platform for people to, to use to help promote events. So you're doing this. This is not going to work. This microphone. I hear you fine. If that helps at all. Okay. Well, maybe it's just my, all right, whatever. We'll, we'll continue. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. As long as you can hear me. Um, yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Perfect. That's all that matters. Um, yeah, so my, my son's obsessed with dinosaurs, and I thought, you know, this would be a cool opportunity for me to interview you. Um, and when he's old enough to uh, appreciate what I'm doing here, he can kind of uh, take a listen. But yeah, so you you took that obsession from when you were young and continued it through, you know, your current age now. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm 34 and a half right now. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm essentially though I'm essentially at the enthusiasm level of your son. I'm just I'm just carrying it forward into into old age. Hopefully, <laughs> it just never ended, which is cool. Which is cool. I mean, my son can pronounce the names of dinosaurs that a I never heard of before, and b that I couldn't pronounce if I saw the name. Uh, and tried to pronounce it. I can't do it. But he's, you know, three years old and he's doing it, which is crazy. What do you what do you think it is about dinosaurs and uh, young boys? Um, I I think, and, that, and that's a great question. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about in in the book because there's basically two questions that fuel the whole the whole book along. The first one is why are people so fascinated with dinosaurs? There are a lot of extinct animals that are really amazing. And for whatever reason, dinosaurs seem to have the, as one person I talked to put it, they have the best agents, you know, they, they get the best press. So why, why is that? Um, And then the second thing was why do some of us get so obsessed with dinosaurs? Um, So I kind of came up with this system in the book where it's kind of like three stages of, of dinophilia, basically. So in the, the first stage, almost everybody gets it. It's kind of like chicken pox, right? It's like <laughs> almost every child, uh, boy, girl, like people get interested in dinosaurs. It might be a week. It might be a month. It could be a couple of years, but usually it it's a phase. They're interested they're saying all the names they're in, they're getting books or whatever they're interested and then they're they're on to the next thing and then there's a smaller percentage of people who go into stage two which is the the kids who have the dinosaur t-shirts and every birthday and christmas they're getting all the dinosaur presents and they're just everybody knows them in their classes like that's the dinosaur kid <laughs> um, which was totally me um and then some of us either rekindle the interest later or they just keep it for life and you become a paleontologist or you become you know just a person who is deeply fascinated um and you're a lifer and and that's what i am i'm in stage three i mean there's no curing it and there's no there's no remedy for it at this point so <laughs> um but it's a good thing to be interested in i think um for you know, anyone who, who has children and they're getting interested in this stuff. I mean, it's a great gateway to learning about a lot of things. You learn about geography, you learn, you learn about, uh, all areas of science. You learn about animals, you know, because one of the best ways to learn about dinosaurs is looking at modern animals. So you get to learn a lot of things, um, you know, even into genetics and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a great gateway interest into a lot of other interesting areas. Okay. That's cool. And I've read that you've dug for fossils in uh, a few different states, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Colorado. Yeah. So the book was about going 
I always had this dream of going to Colorado and digging for dinosaurs out there. Um, we in Pennsylvania do not have rocks that are the correct age to carry dinosaurs. Um, and, and this is kind of interesting as an interesting kind of side topic here. Um, when you think of the classic dinosaurs, your, your Brontosaurus, Allosaurus, Stegosaurus, um, they're about 150 million years old. Our coal here, we're famous for our anthracite coal, and there's a lot of shale and, and, and different deposits here. They're about 300 million years old, maybe a little bit older. So we have rocks that are twice as old as, as dinosaurs. So there probably would have been dinosaurs in this part of the world, but we just don't have the right age sediments to, to track them. Now, down in, in New Jersey, they do. Um, so they have found dinosaurs there and you can go dig, um, at a place where it's a marine deposit. So it's not, uh, on the land, there aren't really dinosaur fossils there, but there are fossils from right around the asteroid impact about 66 million years ago. You can go down there and dig, but I really wanted to go out West because that's where the big dinosaur discoveries were made in history and where they're still being made today. And, uh, and that was, that was a big driver of the book was make this pilgrimage out there to you know to actually do it to dig for dinosaurs and see if you can find anything i don't want to spoil the book for anybody who who wants to go along for this whole this whole ride but um yeah please don't i'm, I'm yeah, not here to do that I, I wanted to try to find something out there so that was that was the cool that was the key so you'll tell the story on thursday I'll, yeah I'll, I'll talk a bit about um the, the library is very interested in, in how how you take that that concept of you're really interested in this thing and how do you turn it into a book sure. know, and, and what that means for other people because you know I'm not a scientist right <laughs> I think I should make that uh, clear as well you know I'm not a paleontologist um, I'm just really fascinated by this stuff and one of the things that's difficult for for scientists is to translate the science into something accessible. So, you know, in dinosaurs, we have, we have some great movies to look back on and we have, you know, a lot of media, but the actual science is, is usually either partially reported or not reported with a lot of context. So it's hard for people to, to really access that information. So I'm, I'm one of the, the people who's trying to communicate that in a way that even if you don't particularly find dinosaurs, the most interesting thing in the world, you might you might get interested in, in learning more about it and, and maybe rekindling that interest you had when you were a child. Yeah. One thing that I always say, I, I, you know, it's cool having a young child because uh, you can kind of see life through their eyes because my, my uh, imagination sucks as an adult, like, you know, I'm bitter, I'm jaded, you know, <laughs> all those things that kind of crush your spirits. Uh, but yeah, it's it and it's it's so hard because we'll be like, play with me with the dinosaurs, play with me, play with me. And I'm just kind of like, ah, rah, you know. <laughs> but his imagination <laughs> is running wild. So it's it's pretty neat. Um I, I hope you get a good response from uh the, the book. And I mean the well, the book's been out. I mean, how has the response been of it so far? Uh, it it's been incredible. So we the, the book came out in um in late 2018. Um, we had a, an awesome event at the Everhart Museum. We had a lot of people come out um, and, and did a reading there. Um, I've I've received messages from people from from all over the world, you know, in, in 
um, in, in Asia, in uh, the UK, um, people, people in the States, like just really interested in the book. If, if you're, if you're a person who likes dinosaurs or, or used to, it'll probably be something that you'll, you'll enjoy reading. Um, but I think one of the things that, that's been really nice for me to hear is that people who, who don't, who would never pick up a book about dinosaurs, um, found, found a way into getting excited about their childhood passions again. So maybe they read this and they weren't really, they're not itching to go out West to dig for dinosaurs, but they're like picking up the piano again or, or, you know, going, doing something with, with either their, their kids or with their, their older friends that they haven't done in a really long time. So it's been, it's been really nice to get that reaction because that was one of the things I wanted to have people get out of the book when I was writing it. Right. And let's get into that. Could you mention to me, you know, there's things that you can do in Pennsylvania, um, you know, to, to appreciate dinosaurs, to, to appreciate nature. You mentioned the Everhart. I actually forgot about that place until I was you know, reading that press release that I saw. Um, and I said to my wife, like, yo, if that's still open or still like, you know, functioning right now, we have to, we have to go. Um, so what are things, what are some things people can do here locally in NEPA that kind of, uh, you know, yeah, to get, with what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I think, I think what you said, you know, a minute ago, just go back to that, where you're just talking about, you know, your, your son's imagination is, is just, you know, so vivid. And it, sometimes as an adult, it can be difficult to, to, to get into that headspace again. We were so isolated from it. So I think, you know, I think one of the, the great things about learning about dinosaurs or just nature in general is just how, how vast it is, you know? And, and so there are, there are ways to kind of connect with that. And I think it's kind of, you know, it's a really important thing for us to do when, when most of us spend the majority of our time paying the bills, doing the chores, you know, we're, we're completely not thinking about, uh, you know, coral reefs or slime molds or like giant earthworms or something like, like we're not thinking about those things. It's just not part of our daily routine. And I think the more that we get out of this human centric world, this, this headspace of just thinking about people, which, which is good, by the way, like it's good to think about other people, right? Well, right. That's, that's great. Um, but there's millions of other species alive right now that we just don't we're just not paying attention. You might see some birds outside the window. You know, there might be some annoying squirrels that are getting into your, your attic or whatever, but, (laughs) but, you know, we're not thinking about all these wonderful creatures. And I think dinosaurs are a great way to remind us that like, none of this is, is guaranteed. Right. (laughs) um, So I I think there are, there are different things you can do. If if you're in Northeastern Pennsylvania, there are, there are a bunch of things you can do uh, to kind of, fuel that that imagination and get yourself back into a into a a place where you're appreciating things the way a way a child would so one of the things you can do and you can do it right now you don't have to worry about any kind of restrictions or anything is when you're driving on the interstates like especially interstate 81 up by um going toward the shops at montage and then going towards scranton um there are rock cuts there and if you this is the best time of year to do it, by the way, in the in the winter when there's no 
There's no vegetation there. So you right. can really see the rocks. And you can see that there are black shale deposits there. And they're separated by a ton of just, it, it's sandstone. You know, it's very easy to see it. You don't have to be a geologist. You know, it's, it's very clear. That's sand. And so what you're actually driving through is, is the story of seas that were coming, coming inshore and burying swamps, which are those black shale coal deposits. And so you're just seeing eons of just, you know, swamps and then seas and then swamps and seas. And you can drive right through that. I mean, you're getting a story right there. So hmm. if you have, if you're going up to the, you know, you're going shopping or something, you can, you can talk to your kids about that and just enjoy it for yourself. I mean, it's an awesome right. thing that we can do. Um, the Everhart Museum is a great resource. It's it's a fantastic resource. You can see a lot of people are are shocked. They don't realize they have a full-size cast of a stegosaurus there. Um, and they have a, a cast of a Tyrannosaurus skull. Um, we'll get to where they're from in a minute. Um, but you can stand in that room and you can you can take it in and say, okay, there's more time existing between when the stegosaurus lived. And when the Tyrannosaurus lived, then there is between our time and the Tyrannosaurus. So that's, again, just opening your mind up to just how amazing um, this whole span of time is that we're, we are just the latest inheritors of this, this great yeah. tradition of life. <laughs> um, the Everhart also has a great, we, we've been talking about the shales and the coal and the, um, that's Carboniferous fossils about 300 million years ago. They have some amazing fossils there from that time. And you can see the, the trees and the, um, the foliage and all that stuff there. And it's just really cool. Um, once we can do a little more traveling, um, there's a lot of places you can go. If you're interested in dinosaurs, we, we, we happen to live in a very nice place where you can get to some really incredible places with just a few hour drive. So in New York City is the American Museum of Natural History. If you've not been there, I strongly encourage you to go, whatever age you are. Um, I've spent a whole weekend there with friends, and we've just about seen everything in two days. Um, so you, you can you can certainly customize your schedule down to a day, um, but you can see so many amazing things from the natural world today. And the entire fourth floor of the museum is fossil. So there's two dinosaur halls tons of of different um specimens very famous famous specimens there um from all of geologic history it's amazing if you want to have kind of a, a smaller experience you have really young kids and you don't want to go into just the gigantic new york experience um the academy of natural sciences in philadelphia which is now associated with drexel university has an amazing dinosaur display. It's nowhere near as big, so you can get through it pretty quickly, um, which is great for, for young kids, but there's some really great, great mounts there as well. Um, and of course, the Smithsonian is in Washington, DC. They've just redone the dinosaur halls um, a couple years ago now. So they've got some really, really impressive skeletal mounts. So it's not just a big skeleton that's standing there doing nothing. They're they're nesting, they're fighting, they're, they're eating each other. I mean, there's all kinds of great, um, great dinosaurs there. And then of course, you know, the library is the best place to go. If, if, if you want to do something right away today, um, that's 
where I used to go as a as a young person with my dad, you know, just going to the library and, and checking out books about dinosaurs. And you can learn so much just from doing that. Or of course, now there's a lot of things available online. Um, the, there's a decades, decades of of wonderful dinosaur documentaries. So there's lots of ways you can get get it involved without you know, having to, to go out West or do something really extravagant. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I, I feel like I, I forgot about the library. <laughs> what a, what a great resource to, to have. Yeah. And a great one right now too, because, you know, they're trying to make everything accessible or whatever hometown you're in, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can, you can get books on loan. You can, you know, you can find stuff online sometimes from the library. So yeah, it's always a great resource. I'm glad we had this conversation because that's something I didn't think about. I, I, I get so caught up in like the, you know, media and like the, the digital and, and computers and things like that. You forget about the, 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 the thing that's been around forever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a, And that's a good thing that you know, it'd be fun to do and take the kid there for sure. So, I mean, what's next for you as far as dinosaurs go? Um, that's a great question. So I, um, I'm working on putting a second book together a little less about me this time, but, um, it's going to be hopefully about the great American dinosaurs, you know, just those classic dinosaurs that everybody all over the world knows largely because they were the first ones found. So, you know, they kind of took precedence. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we're going to take another another journey and it's going to be about um you know the dinosaurs that are kind of enshrined in our culture are you know they're they're big, they're dumb, they they drag their tails, you know, all that stuff and so you know how do we go back to some of these paintings that were done in the 40s? and say, all right, if we were going to imagine what it looks like today, if someone was going to start painting this now, how different would it be? What would it look like? How would we go about that? And so we're going to try to cover all the science that's been done in like the last century to update our vision of of what dinosaurs are. And of course, you know, we have a lot of dinosaurs with feathers, you know, we know what, what color their, their feathers were in some cases, we know what color their eggs were. Um, we know we have all this great information about dinosaurs that we just didn't have even 10 or 20 years ago. So right. uh, hopefully that'll be, that'll be the next book, but these things take me a few years to do. There's a lot of travel involved, which of course is not an option at the moment. So right. Um, yeah, hopefully in a few years we'll, <laughs> we'll reconnect and we can see what happens. And I mean, was it your goal to be a published author? Uh, no. <laughs> Not at all. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a great point. Um, I, I remember being a kid and thinking it would be cool to do, right? but I had no sense of it. And, and actually, um, so I, I went to grad school um, for creative writing at Wilkes University. And I basically did the program because a few of my friends did it and told me it was like a great experience. So, um, and we, we, we mentioned this when we were setting up this talk, but um, I was doing some some music at the time I was um, playing in a band and, and, and we were kind of deciding to, to transition out of that. So I thought, Oh, this would be a great, this would be a great thing for me to do to still stay creative and maybe pick up this writing thing that I'd always been interested in, but never really 
dove into. And then I didn't have any, any interest in even writing nonfiction. I was, I was going to write fiction. I was trying to think of something to do. And we were doing some exercises about, you know, things you remember from your childhood. And I started writing about dinosaurs and, you know, everybody in my, in my class would get upset if I didn't write about dinosaurs, you know, and my, my, um, my professor kind of pulled me aside and said, Hey, listen, I think, I think you're onto something here. I don't know if you realize it, but I think you should keep going with this and see if you can develop it into like a full project. And so that's how it, that's how it came about. And then it was, then it was about just the dreams you have as a kid to go out West or to meet certain people. I was able to meet some of my, my heroes from when I was a kid, you know, who are, who, by the way, are not used to being treated like the rock stars. So they have this hilarious response to just, you know, especially when it's coming from a grown man too. It's not like some 10 year old <laughs> kid, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I was able to, you know, kind of meet up and, and like have a beer with some of my, my heroes and, um, you know, just visit some amazing places that, you know, if you, you talk to people and you tell them you're writing a book, they might let you see some things that aren't on public view or, you know, aren't in the normal display route. So that was really cool. And there's, you know, a lot of experiences in the book that I still can't believe actually happened. So I'm just excited that I get to share that experience with, with all of you. And it's not just something I did for myself, but it's more of sharing that with other people. Yeah. It's always neat to see or or hear about when things that, you know, like, like dinosaurs that have taken you to places that you never thought you'd even go, you know? So, yeah. And like, that's the thing, like, you know, for, for me, it's dinosaurs, but, you know, I have friends who are, who are just as, as knowledgeable and excited about like sharks. Right. Yeah. You know, so you, whatever it is for you, like, I, I would encourage you to like, follow up on that. You know, if you're interested in, in certain things, like keep reading about it. it's astronomy or, you know, hiking, whatever it is, just, you know, keep up with it. And I think it, I think it, it feeds your soul, right? It feeds your heart. Like just keep doing the things that, that make you happy and share that with as many people as you can. It's, it's going to keep giving back to you. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, it, it, like you said, it feeds your soul, but it, you know, if it, if it takes you someplace that you never thought possible, like even, even cooler, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you touched on music and yeah, yeah. I, I, we, I can't, I can't not talk about that. I mean, obviously we're here to talk about uh, the, the book and what you have come up on Thursday, but I mean, it was funny because I saw, again, I saw the press release uh, on NEPA scene and I was like, you know, it'd be cool to talk to him. So I, I, I searched on Facebook and we were already friends. I'm like, how are we already friends? Like, how do I know this guy? Right. And I'm not one to just like, you know, randomly friend request somebody that I don't know, or, you know, just accept somebody because they, you know, friend requested me. I'm like, I got to know this guy somehow. Right. And I couldn't figure it out. And then you mentioned the band, the silent treatment. Yeah. Which was, um, a pretty popular band with 2009, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, um, our first album came out in, in 2008. Um, we did another CD in 2009. Um, and then 2010. Yeah. We, played some bigger shows so yeah i remember there was a show at at tinks that you guys were doing i don't know if you were opening for somebody or if it was yours uh but it was a pretty big deal uh in scranton um tell us a little bit about that experience and and, (laughs) i mean if you can if you can or whatever 
or oh, yeah. uh, you know, why things kind of, um, you know, I don't say want to say fell apart, but why things ended or. Um, oh yeah. That's, nobody, nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that in public before, but I could tell you, Johnny. Um, yeah. Oh, it was a great band. I, I, my wife and I really enjoyed the music. I, I, I played it a couple times when I used to have a radio show. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I think my year anniversary was, I did like a, a set of songs that or bands that kind of like, either got me into the scene or were, were kind of bigger when I was like just getting started. And one of the songs was called, I think, I think sweet ending maybe. So I played it yep. as the last song of the, of the, the night. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was great band. I, I mean, I think you guys had a lot of traction and I thought you guys were going to like kind of be, uh, you know, bigger than just Northeastern Pennsylvania. So tell us a little yeah. bit about the band. So what happened? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Um, yeah. So, well, um, th- thank you for, that's very, very kind what you said. Um, I, to, you know, to kind of, I'll try to take you on a whirlwind tour and not talk too much. Cause I mean, there's so much history there. Um, but, uh, the silent treatment kind of grew out of another band that some people may remember from a few years before that, which, uh, which is called electric candy shop. And I was like the biggest electric candy shop fan in the world. And uh, a, a bunch of us just thought they were the best, the best band that had ever come out of this area. So uh, those guys had had a had a great run and did a lot of a lot of amazing music. And uh, Tony, who was the front man of the band and the the primary songwriter, um, kind of I, I had met him through from Electric Candy Shop, just going to shows, and then I started kind of filling in, and and we ended up playing together and. Um, you know, we started getting some of the, some of the guys together along with some of my friends and we put together the silent treatment will eventually become the silent treatment. And, uh, we, at the time it's, it's hard to remember exactly now what things were like at that point. But I, I, my memory of it was that there were a lot of bands that were popular at the time that were just not uplifting bands. Like the music was great. We, we all appreciate the music but um i i, I kind of remember it being like puddle of mud and stained and like a lot of bands that were just kind of it was it was very emotional dark music sure and we got the idea that wouldn't it be funny if we just fl- like just play this crazy outrageous over the top like almost joking 80s music that was just like let's get people to dance let's make people laugh let's make people excited and singing along with songs and having a good time and so we you know tony was writing a lot of music that was very much just like really over the top in terms of just like it it sounded like music for for partying and it was really like all about you know like about girls and stuff it was really it was wild and we, we were doing it tongue in cheek. I don't know if anybody realized it was like a joke to us, but we just, we love the actual music of it. And yeah, we, we had a, we had a, a great run. We, we put out um, two CDs and a few singles. Um, we, we played a lot around the area. We, we did play outside the area quite a bit um, in, in different capacities, whether that was original music or we, we would play at bars sometimes and just do like a full night interspersed with our, with our original music. And uh, yeah, it was it was an amazing time. Um, I think we're all still close, all the guys in the band. And uh, 
Oh, I don't want to say too much. If you enjoyed the silent treatment, I think there may be some, some music that might be coming your way soon. If you, if you're interested. Wow. I was going to ask you, uh, like I thought maybe, you know, you guys all kind of hung it up back in 2010 or so. And I was going to ask you if, you know, have you stopped creating or if, you know, if dinosaurs kind of started consuming your life more. (laughs) No, I, I think, um, and it's funny for me personally, I mean, I can't speak to anybody else, but you know, I got interested in in dinosaurs the same time as your son did like three years old. And I was super into music at the same time. And I think those two interests have just run parallel, um, through my whole life. I've just, I guess I picked what I liked at that point. I've just stuck with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you asked earlier, like, well, what happened? You know, um, I think so in 2010, um, we were actually, uh, we, we won a contest that I think Guitar Center put on um, to open for Kiss at, at Montage Mountain. Um, and so we, we opened for them on the main stage and it was this huge, huge show for us. And, you know, at that point, I think we were already kind of, we, we, we worked so hard in the previous years, we were starting to get burned out. And I think we actually hit a wall a few times where we were just so mentally and physically exhausted. Um, and basically, a few months after that show, we all got together and kind of just basically decided that like, we, we had enough of the industry side of it. You know, we wanted to like fall back in love with just writing music again and and enjoying that and you know and the other thing that was amazing was we had so much material at that time that was just never released Hmm. it was like half written or half recorded or demoed or something um so you know we we just haven't we haven't fully explored all that um so you know again without without getting without putting the cart before the horse um there's been some talk lately about kind of getting back into that. I think we all needed some time. I think we all needed some time away from it to fully understand what happened to us being such young guys. And, um, and also to like get the the business side of it out of our system. And so we can kind of come back to, to music and not be worrying about what management was going to say or how many, you know, how many plays it was going to get on, facebook or myspace at the time and like all that stuff you know there were so many considerations around everything that you did yeah so to come back and just be very pure about it was kind of the goal and i think it took it took a long time for us to be you know to have that all out of our system right that's interesting i was i always find it interesting when people uh, musicians especially when because i know a few of them who you know were in it and then just kind of stopped like this is, I'm done with this part of my life. Um, and it's, it's weird because I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's because I have no talent musically whatsoever. So I'm like, why would you just let it go like that? Um, but yeah, it just, it's always strange. I'm glad to hear that, you know, that's not uh, the case here, I guess you could say. Yeah, it was for a long time. I mean, I, I don't want to get like, too too deep or existential here (laughs) um but it's it's tough and it's tough also to like to do it to if you're gonna write music or you're gonna perform you have to do it in a way that's like really authentic to you so i just i decided and and i don't have any problem with anybody who does this but i remember when we were at our our peak and we were like i don't know 23 24 
at the time. Um, it was like, well, you know, I remember thinking I'm never going to be like a 50 year old guy in a cover band. I'm, I'm not, I'm not against anybody who does it, but just for me, I was like, that's not who I want to be. If I'm playing my own stuff at 50 on a stage somewhere, that's great. Right. Um, but you have to do what you want to do. And there's other people who like, can't wait to do that. And like, you know, I, the guys are always talking about things. I remember a few years ago, we were talking about, let's do a Metallica cover band, (laughs) you know? And I was like, oh, maybe I would be tempted to do that. That's how I started, you know, when I was a teenager. But yeah, I think it's just like, you have to kind of figure out what's authentic to you, what feels right. And I never wanted to play covers ever for any reason. So that's I, that's funny too because there's bands who yeah they're like I'm not playing cover cover songs I'm not doing this I'm not doing that we want to do original and like you said there's guys who just that's what they want to do and there's a place for for both absolutely oh yeah and it's great it's you know what it's awesome when you go out and you see a band that's doing like they're just slamming and it's just like one classic after another and they're having a good time and everybody else is having a good time and like that's that's magic I mean there's yeah. no you cannot reproduce that from just playing um the songs like on a you know like a dj like it it's different with a band it's a different right. experience and not again not there's nothing wrong with djs either um but it's it's just like what you want to do personally and that to me it was always like be true to yourself and don't do something just because it's an it's a nice way to to make some extra money on the side or you know because you don't want to, I, I remember reading an article about a band who was worried that they were not going to be a band anymore. And so they just kept playing. They got older and older and they were just like, well, we're so afraid to not be in a band anymore. Cause that'll mean we're old. So right. we just have to keep playing. It's like, you know, to me, that was never what it was about. It was about, you know, creating something new and sharing that. So. Right. What are your thoughts um, about, you know, this pandemic and, you know, musicians and, and things like that. Cause I have a lot of conversations with people and um, you know, I don't, I don't, you mentioned, you know, creating, like, I think being a musician, you know, is outside of writing songs and things like that. I think the, a big part of being a musician is, you know, being on stage and being able to share those songs with people. So, I mean, while a pandemic has been a financial strain on, um, you know, artist. I think it's also like mentally, emotionally, physically, creatively, like, like top to bottom. It's kind of it's just it's just wild. Yeah, I, I I have friends who you know can't can't play, um, and and it's it's a it's a big deal for them. I noticed a lot of the bands that I personally follow have been releasing live albums this year because they just to have something they need some way to make money. Yeah, um, and one of the bands that I listen to a lot put out a kind of a Christmas medley just because they need, they wanted to be able to pay their road crew because there was nothing for them to do. Right. So it's a really hard time right now. It's really stressful. And I think all of us want this over as soon as possible. Um, But yeah. And I think there are other, you've seen other artists go fully into let's write new things. Let's put music out and we'll tour later. Mm-hmm. you know, and just be as creative as possible during this time, because there's nothing to really distract us in terms of having to go, having to play live or, you know, whatever. So I, I think it's, it's just a different time. 
it's it's a different challenge for everyone. It's not normal. Um, it's not permanent, thankfully, uh, as we we hope. So <laughs> it's just you know, and and I think the the nice thing is when this is all over, I think all of us are going to appreciate everything so much more. You know, just to be able to go to a show is always a privilege, but when you're going to be able to go out and really enjoy it. Um, and not take it for granted that it's just something that we all do all the time. And um, to be able to, to see the bands you want to see, whether they're local or, or national, I don't, I don't really draw a big line between local bands and national bands. Right. I don't, I don't think there's any real difference. It's what you like. Do mm-hmm. you like them? Does it, do you like their music? Then what's, what's the difference? How many other people are listening? Right. So I, I, I hope that this will all be over soon and, and, things can go back to the the normal, you know, the normal model for everybody in terms of making sure that people, because I know there are people who are musicians full time and they just, yeah, they, they, their livelihood is gone right now. And there are so yeah. many local businesses that are suffering. There are so many things that are just being completely affected in a terribly negative way by this. So, you know, hopefully uh, we can we can get through this quickly and and make the most out of what we can like make the best of a bad situation and you know I'm curious to see what comes out of it. Right. Well, one thing you can do during a pandemic is read. So um, <laughs> that's right. That's safe to do. <laughs> your book, Dig: A Personal Prehistoric Journey. Um, can people uh, can they purchase physical copies somewhere and um, as well as you know digital versions. Yep. So you can order um, the book online from Amazon or any of the major retailers. Um, you can also, if you if you don't want to wait for it to come in the mail, uh, there are usually copies at the Wilkes-Barre Barnes & Noble as well. They have it stocked there. I know some of the other regional Barnes & Nobles do stock the book. So if you want to get it, there, there are several ways to get it. And I, in ter- I don't, we don't have an ebook right now. But um, I actually am going to have a conversation with my publisher in the next couple of weeks about possibly doing one. So there may cool. be an e- if if you're a person who really wants to read on a on a like a tablet or or one of the e-readers, um, we should have an an option for you pretty soon. Cool. Well, best of luck with the the new book and and getting that put to bed. Um, but obviously. Um, Thanks for taking the time to do this and I wish you the best on Thursday. There should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was, it was great talking to you. Um, like I said, I remember, I remember you now from the band, but I mean, I was so young back then too. And I was just kind of getting in, into my career. Um, so this has been fun. Um, so thank you. It was, it was an absolute blast. Thank you for, for talking to me. Um, and whether you're, more interested in this conversation for the music side or from the reading side or both. Um, I just hope that you are finding what works for you in this crazy time we're in and, you know, just keep, keep following what you're, what you're passionate about and, and, and keep sharing that. And I think we'll be, we'll all be okay. (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Thank you. See ya.